I give you my word. My word is my promise. Take my word for it. Whatever we do in the world usually starts with words. Words that signify our intention and our sincerity. I love you, you say. For instance, I love you and I want to spend my life with you. I promise you, take my vow, I give you my word. Word giving is the means we have of making our thoughts and feelings real and alive, not just in ourselves, but in the world with other people, in the minds and hearts of other people. I give you my word means that I am behind and inside whatever I say. My word and my will are joined. If you have my word, you have me. If you have my word, you know about me. If you have my word, you and I have a bond. The Gospel of John is unlike the other three in many ways. It's a very poetic kind of Gospel. The kind of writing which inspires new interpretations no matter when it's heard. Now it's as fresh as it was millennia ago. It's the kind of Gospel that delivers a picture of Jesus through his words, not his actions. The emphasis is on the words, not the miracles. And at the end of this gospel, the author says that the gospel is written, that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. So this gospel was written about a hundred years after the birth of Jesus, when the people who were contemporaries of Jesus were no longer walking on the earth. And the question of... How, might, how one might become a follower of Jesus without those people to, to instruct and guide was a critical one. John's answer to that dilemma is to present certain words and conversations of Jesus. And he does that repetitively. And you can hear that in this gospel, the word, the word, the word. He does it repetitively so that one might hear it not as an historical account, but more like a ballad, more like a poetic song, that you might take it in, reflect on it, and see how it fills up your life. And it begins with the idea that Jesus is the Word of God, the guarantee that God has made, that God is with us and will stand by us, but also that the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is actually God. Before him there was no before. He inhabits eternity, as Isaiah says. Light from light, true God from true God. He goes on to say that the people of the world did not recognize that the word of God was among them. They did not know him. Not knowing Jesus means not knowing God. No one has ever seen God, he says. It is Jesus it is knowing and believing in Jesus that makes God understandable. God's choice to manifest through an infant was particularly effective, I think. <laughs> if I could congratulate God. Human beings are hardwired to respond to infants as robustly as we can. It's reflexive. It preserves the species. And as we all know, and those of us who, like me, with my grandson, have had recent experience with newborns, we all know that infants are irresistible 
They make fools out of all of us. Fools for love. Fools for the hope and possibility that is written into the DNA of all newborn infants. Christmas is then the feast of all possibility. It's the wild, logic-defying, radical idea that the world can be a good place to live because the creator and owner is going to give it everything if anyone will take it. Most of the time, we're like the innkeeper we heard about last Sunday, lost in a forest of a million trees of responsibilities, and when the good news comes, we miss it. It doesn't come with a lot of warning and fanfare. It doesn't come in a box with our name on it at the front door, so we have to stumble over it to get in the house. It comes like a tiny baby amid joy and pain when we're not looking for it. The Word of God in all its mind-bending, multi-dimensional splendor crashes through the known universe through the portal of an adolescent mother in the Mideast who has no money and hears angels talking to her. It's easy to miss. But that's the genius of the Incarnation. The Word is made man through a tiny baby whom no one could resist. Shepherds couldn't, angels couldn't, the Magi couldn't. And they got the word out. Maybe you felt it already, the word taking root in your life. This kind of hopeful imagination about how your world could be more sane, more peaceful, more loving. In fact, more like heaven. It doesn't come like lightning. It comes like those ideas that distract you in the middle of a meeting or that you're daydreaming about when you're doing five other things. Embracing Christmas, then, is taking God's word for it. The deal is that if you take God's word for it, if you get to know Jesus, if you see that Jesus is the pattern, the blueprint, the way things could be, God will make good on your life forever. Not just between now and the hour of your death, but for eternity. What would it be like to do what you have to do to change your life? What would it take to accept it that God is here making sure that death will not be the end of you? That there is more to life than your screen tells you. That love does make a difference. I find those to be pretty tough questions in my own life. But I'm well and truly beguiled by the idea that John's Gospel says that we are the friends of God. And I know, I know I can take my friend's word for it. I give you my word. My word is my promise. Take my word for it. Christmas is the promise of a friend to love and keep us from death forever. If only we will accept and surrender to that friendship. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorNV.org. That's O-U-R. S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for millvalley.org We wish you God's peace.
and we hope to greet you in person very soon.